0: Hashtag murder may contain explicit and disturbing material and may not be suitable for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Hello and welcome to Hashtag, hashtag Murder. murder. Woo. <laughs> I'm Scar, and I'm Alex, and we're millennials who love murder and new girlfriends. Oh, no, we do got, tell. I, I have one of those now. Kayla, she's in here too, but she doesn't want to say anything. <laughs> Hi. 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 <laughs> <laughs> ah, she joined the uh, the old recording, and she came over. She... Um, we have no carpet. We have no. Uh, <laughs> Lily is a carpet muncher, just like her <laughs> auntie Alex. Yeah. Uh, um, so Dustin has ripped up all the carpet except for in here, Mm -hmm. and yeah, and we're gonna go floor shopping on Saturday. How, how domestic of you. (laughs) I hate, I hate it. (laughs) Where's my apartment? Yeah, you used to be a free bird. I know. Oh my god. So what's going on with you? Um, I was off work this week, that was nice. Yeah. Because Clinton was a little much. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> he had the man flu. He had he had the man flu. <laughs> uh, for a few days there. Yeah, Dustin called him and he was like, hello. Hello. Yeah, he called me. He's like, I think I'm going to have to take off work tomorrow. You're going to be by yourself. I was like, um, I'm on PTO. And he's like, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Guess I'll be working. Mm-hmm. And I've started my new job. Yeah, not to give you any spoilers. Um, we both work for competitors. <laughs> um scarlet works for the red one and i work for the l- light blue one yeah <laughs> and that's all we can say about that yep that's all we got about that yep <laughs> uh, but it's going well mm-hmm. um i'm no longer having mixed feelings about it it's going to be great it's going to be fantastic you say that every time i know okay <laughs> uh but i love my coworkers. they're all very sweet and yeah laura that helps us with the research sometimes mm-hmm. she was like what does Scarlett actually want to do and i said oh, "Scarlett doesn't even know that she doesn't she does not she has no idea what Scarlett she wants, wants to do. own her own business doing <laughs> something 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 i would like for it to be this mm-hmm. um i'm not sure that's completely feasible i'd love to be a pi that'd be so fun you know okay quick okay. side note oh boy i've been meaning to tell you this and i keep forgetting oh no So, am I allowed to say this? I don't even know if I'm allowed to say this. We can cut it out if not. Okay, I'm just gonna tell you. So, one of she was married, had a couple kids, lived this whole life. Whenever she was like 40, she realized that her husband was not who he said he was. Was he living a double life? And then she became a PI. that's amazing <laughs> and now she's like it's a whole thing now that's so fucking. she's cool. a pi i want to do that i know she just started her own business and it's a thing <laughs> i guess i can say that i mean yeah. it's on it's on the website it's on the website or it's so on the, there. the internet that's cool but i've been meaning to tell you that so it's so fucking cool there's that um, are you living a double life no oh honestly i wish i kind of was yeah i just don't have the be really i don't fun. have the time you are a Sagittarius. <laughs> i don't have the thought process it's too much Time. <laughs> it's too much yeah what do, you, what do you got for me for spooky season all right part two. we're in spooky season part two and yes. i'm gonna tell you about the amityville horror Oh <gasps> yeah i can't wait yeah and honestly i didn't really know anything about this i don't know shit about going it going into it but you're gonna know about it by the time we are done with this sweet so we're gonna talk about the amityville murders and the home on ocean avenue where i used to sit and talk with you because <laughs> we were both 16 and it felt so right sleeping all day and staying, staying up, up all, all night 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 <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. We do not own the rights to those lyrics. Oh, we don't. We so if we sang don't. too much of it, we're sorry. Yeah, weird. don't sue us. Yeah. Oops. <laughs> That's all I got. Um. So I had to look up what amity means, and it means friendly. So we're going to Friendlyville, New York. I feel like this is ironic, <laughs> which is on Long Island. Mm. Long Island. <laughs> and you know what's funny? I don't know what it is. New York does nothing for me. No. I have no interest in New York. I don't care. I don't... No. No. None. I don't care. <laughs> I'd rather be in, like, the middle of Oklahoma than what the New fuck? York. No. It does no. nothing for me. But I know a lot of our listeners live there. Um, we do love you, by the way. Anyway, this is where the DeFeo family calls home. And the DeFeo family consists of the father, Ronald Sr., the mother, Louise, and their five children. Mm-mm. I know. Ronald Jr., Dawn girl don what d-a-w-n oh okay Not boy don allison mark and john matthew oh they were definitely catholic (laughs) (laughs) yeah from the yeah it's entirely possible and they all lived happily at 112 ocean avenue in amityville new york so cute. So the main character of this story is Ronald Jr. He was Ron. born... Ron. Ronnie. Ronnie. oh Ronnie. <laughs> <laughs> he was born September 26th, 1951 in Brooklyn, New York. He a Libra. Mm. I like Libra. Uh, Kendra's a Libra. Lauren's a Libra. Oh. And I love Lauren. Uh, who else is a Libra? I honestly can't think of oh, any Oh, Abuela other was a Libra. Oh. She was spicy. Sweet. She was not sweet. She was spicy. Oh Oh. Um and he went by the nickname Butch. I know a lesbian that goes by that. Yeah, mm-hmm. I don't like the name Butch. I don't so I'm like just the gonna name. call him Ronald Jr. <laughs> <laughs> Ronnie. <laughs> yeah, I don't like it. R.J. Yeah. So Ronald Senior, the dad, was a successful car salesman at his father-in-law's dealership, and the family was considered upper middle class. This sounds like a Hallmark movie. It does. Mm-hmm. The beginning of it, yeah, mm-hmm. like a family of five, and yeah, who like... knows what's gonna happen? Um, it's not gonna be good. Oh. Oh, oh. <laughs> uh, so despite living a life of comfort and luxury <laughs> ronald jr was a bit of a loose cannon Aww. yeah he took after his father with his explosive anger and would even lash out at friends and family was okay. his family white um uh, they are white okay shocking. yes and this behavior would get worse with age shocking Yeah, and his father was abusive to everyone in the family, but especially towards Ronald Jr., his oldest son. What a dickbag. Yeah, it's not. Go sell some cars, Ronnie. Well, we're gonna get there. Okay. So his parents, I'm assuming mostly his mother, saw how violent Ron Jr. could be, so she sought to get him some mental health help, which is good. Um, but I guess while in these sessions, he'd put on a good show and he would completely deny everything his parents were saying about him. And he would act as if everything was just fine and dandy. That's what one of the, um, the Hillside Strangler boys did. He was acting like he was like totally fine and normal. Yeah, everything's fine. Everything's good. Yeah. I am not raping and murdering women. Like, let it out. Just let it out. Mm. Therapy's the one place to do it. Mm-hmm. Let it all out. So instead of the parents paying for therapy any longer, because you know he didn't need it, they decided to buy Ronald's love and happiness with lavish gifts. That's that's what we all need. Yeah. To include a fourteen thousand dollars speedboat. Excuse me. Um what So year are we in? they decided to. um, mm, You know what? I want to look what you're wearing. Hold on. I don't know exactly what year we're in at the moment, but he was born in 1951. Okay, so he He's a teenager. 70s? 1960s, early 70s. 1969? Yeah. So. Okay, $14,000. Oh. And... Are you doing the time money converter? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, 1969 or 71, around there. Oh, it's about $110,000. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Um. So, he was... I also definitely thought that was 30 years ago and not 53 years ago. (laughs) Because it's always 2000. It's always 2000. (laughs) Oh, God. Um, Okay. So, by the time Ronald was 17, so I guess he was like 16, he was already using drugs, specifically heroin and LSD, which is a hell of a combo. And he was eventually expelled from school his senior year for his erratic behavior. So instead of going to school, his grandfather allowed him to work at the car dealership, which Ronald was super not great at. Well, it doesn't sound like he's good at people. Well, he's not good at... Life? Anything, really. <laughs> I was going to say life. <laughs> um, but despite his poor performance, he still got paid. And he got paid in addition to an allowance from his father. So he was getting I a need- paycheck, not even really going to work, and getting an allowance from his I father. I need to call Tommy. <laughs> yeah, what are you doing? yeah where's my allowance, where's my allowance <laughs> what are we doing here <laughs> um and this money that he got ronald jr quickly put into his new car which was another gift from his parents or his veins with them drugs yeah and guns and drugs and alcohol oh a white man's wet dream yeah it's fantastic it's mm-hmm. great so his behavior is getting worse and worse he's acting out in scary ways Even at one point, he threatened one of his friends with a rifle during a hunting trip. I like that. And then later in the day, acted as if that never happened. Oh, I meant to tell you, Dustin and I are watching scary movies Mm -hmm. in the month of October. We started with Sweeney Todd. Yum. One of my top five favorite movies. Delicious. We love a meat pie. We love a meat pie. (laughs) Mrs. Lovett's Meat Pies. And then we watched Fire in the Sky, which is about aliens. Okay. Which was not super scary. It was okay. It was alright. And then of course we watched Amityville horror. Yep. Which we'll get to in a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then we watched Ma. Have you seen Ma? No. It was creepy. You seen that? Is it good? It was so creepy. Right, so I I, it was really good. I don't like scary movies. I know. I like true crime. I know. But if it's fake, I don't want to watch it. It scares me. <laughs> the fake shit's scary. You grow up Kayla. the real stuff is <laughs> Uh, and then, last night we watched the movie Basic, which is not scary, but it's like a murder mystery. Mm-hmm. It has John Travolta in it. Not scary. <laughs> but it was really good. It was you like, um... John Travolta have the same... The old butt chin. The old butt chin. <laughs> but it was really good. It was like, um, this military thing gone wrong. Oh, cool. Because um, it always it goes, goes right. right. Uh, well, Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Lavina. No, oh, R.I.P. Lavina. Oh my God. Um. Anywho, but that involves someone like shooting someone, so that's what reminded me of that. Moving on. I lost my spot. Oh, okay. Yeah. So Ronald Jr. even tried. Okay, this is crazy. He tried to shoot his father at point blank range during an argument. He literally held the gun up, pointed it at his father, and pulled the trigger, but the gun malfunctioned. Um, so he did not shoot his father that's at like, quite like, that's like the, the Murdos. how the dad killed the son and the, the mom. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. It's like he, uh, mm, we're going to have to get into that one. I want um, wild. Yeah. Harley wants that one really bad. It's almost like too much information. It's too much for me to process into like one episode, let alone like two or yeah, yeah. or like seven. Mm-hmm. I don't know. So yeah, he literally just tried to straight up murder his father. Cool. So in 1974, when Ronald Jr. was 22, he decided that he wasn't getting paid enough at the car dealership. So what does he do? He asked for a raise. <laughs> and promised he would start doing better. Yeah. <laughs> I will start selling more cars, Dad, I promise. And like, showing up. Um, But that doesn't happen. So he takes a check for $20,000 that what? he was supposed to cash at the bank for the dealership. He cashed it and then acted like someone robbed him. And his friend was the robber. What? Quote, unquote. Yeah. Police questioned him and tried to get his help identifying the robber. And he refused to help in the investigation. His father accused him of stealing the money. And this prompted Ronald Jr. to threaten to kill him once again. This is a healthy father-son relationship. <laughs> if I've bad. ever seen one. And why does he still live at home? He's 22. Go do well, like a, go do something. Do those that uh, that cam girl that we covered. Yeah, yeah, that whole mm-hmm. boy. That's true. So in the early morning of November thirteenth, nineteen seventy four, Ronald Junior would do just that. Oh, um, fuck this. Do you really not know this? One? I don't know this one. Oh, I've never seen this movie. Oh, mm-hmm. well, we'll get to the movie. Um, okay. So Ronald Junior took his thirty five caliber Marlin rifle. Went into his parents' bedroom and shot them both in their sleep. Why did they let him have guns? Still, <sighs> if he's already tried to shoot them know. once, I don't know. Like literally, why did he let them have guns. I don't know. I don't know why these weren't removed. Maybe they just thought he wasn't going to do anything. He already tried to. Yeah. Okay. Mm. He then. Okay, this is sad. Well, the whole thing is sad, but this part specifically is sad. He then went to his brother's rooms, who were 12 and 9, and also shot both of them while they were in their beds. You promised Dustin no more child murders. I know. Well, it's not specifically... We're not going to talk a whole lot about it. Okay. And we're then... We're going to sweep it under the rug, just like um... they did with little RJ's trauma. Yeah. Wait, who the fuck's RJ? Robert Jr oh Jr. yes and then he went to his sister's rooms who were 18 and 13 and also shot both of them at point blank range and this happened in a matter of 15 minutes none of them woke up no were they drugged or like they just didn't you have like a pillow over the we don't really know and okay. we're gonna get to it a little bit there are some other theories that we will get to they better not be ghosts again god damn it scarlet <laughs> there's a little bit of ghosts not until the end though this part doesn't involve ghosts ghosts aren't real so (laughs) ghosts are real (laughs) uh um none of the family members had been drugged and there was no silencer used on the gun but they didn't hear it nope hmm don't really know how to explain that one away and apparently no one else does either so ronald jr then cleaned himself up Got a shower, got dressed for work at the dealership, and then just headed on into work. He took his bloody clothes and the rifle and a pillowcase and dumped them into a storm drain on his way in at six AM. I feel like six AM is really early to go to a car dealership. It is early, but his grandfather was already there. Oh. So he gets there and grandpa is all Where's your dad? Because he works there too. And like he should be here by now. Ronald Jr. calls his house acting as if he has no idea where his father could possibly be. Around noon, Ronald Jr. left work to go hang out with some friends, and he kept repeating to his buddies that he, quote, couldn't seem to reach anyone at home, end quote. Suspicious. Yeah. Um, and around 6.30 p.m. that night, he burst through the doors of a local bar named Henry's and frantically stated that someone had broken into the home and murdered his entire family. No. So Ronald Jr. and his buddies go back to the home on Ocean Avenue. Where I used to sit. <laughs> it's so hard not to do. Oh, It's Ocean Avenue. Oh, and they all call the police together. Authorities arrive and ask Ronald Jr., who would want to do this to his family, and he points the finger at a man named Louis Fellini. Louis Fellini! Yeah. No, Is he in the mob? No relation. Oh. Uh, yes. Well, he's in the mafia. Oh, shit. <laughs> uh he's an alleged mafia hitman of sorts and we're on long island so that tracks we are and apparently lewis and ronald senior the dad had some sort of beef over some car repairs that were done at the dealership oh you can't fuck with the mafia no you fix don't do that no, they'll come c- and get you yeah they'll pop you well. and apparently your entire family yeah in your sleep hmm <laughs> So Ronald Jr. also said that he was having trouble sleeping that morning, so he left to go to work early and that his family was definitely alive whenever he left. He told them they went to work. He left to hang out with some friends and came home to this literal I have nightmare. no idea what happened. My family's just all bloody. Yeah, they're all dead. They've all been shot in their sleep. So police believe that Ronald Jr. may be a target because he was the only one not killed. Because they don't know yet that he did, did this. That he didn't do yeah. Yes. So while he's being questioned, they're like, you need to go into protective custody so we can figure out who did this. But this doesn't last long. Once the investigators start combing through the home, they start to realize that homeboy's story ain't adding up. Hmm. Yeah. So in the home, they find an empty box for a recently purchased thirty-five caliber Marlin rifle. Um. Which is the murder weapon. And all the victims were still in their bedrooms in pajamas. So, like, this had to have happened early in the morning. Or late at night. Because they were all still sleeping. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, it could have been late at night. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They go back to Ronald Jr. with this new evidence, and he changes his story real quick. He's now saying that this Louis Fellini guy showed up at the family home super early in the morning, then forced him to follow him room to room, watching him shoot his entire family what yeah so this mobster just just shows shows up up and he's like like, hey kid come with me your dad fucked over the dealership now you gotta watch me kill them all but i'm gonna leave you alive yeah you get to live you get to live but the rest of them get to die yeah but your dad's the one i'm mad at yeah and i'm gonna kill him and if you say you get to live i'm gonna shoot you (laughs) that doesn't make any sense and then he changed it again to say that don the oldest sister had killed their father, then their mother, was distraught, then killed the other three children, and this is whenever Ronald Jr. had to kill Dawn. Well, he had to kill her. He had to. He killed, she killed the whole whole family. family. Yeah. So he has to get her. What's he supposed to do? Yeah, the mobster told Dawn that she had to kill the whole family. (laughs) There's just, there's a lot of holes in this story. And then he changed it again. (laughs) and said that Don and someone else that he didn't know had killed the entire family and that the unknown assailant fled leaving Don behind and then Don was accidentally killed because they both went for the gun the gun the gun the gun they both went for the gun and no. the gun went off <laughs> no <laughs> i don't think so i don't think that happened and then it changed one more time <laughs> god damn it yeah. Uh, and he said that he and Don both got into a fight with their father, and they had both planned to kill just the parents. Yeah, we, not see, the kids. See, we argued with them, so now we gotta kill them. So now we gotta kill them. Yeah. Because they thought that the parents were gonna kill them, and with the help of two other friends unknown friends we don't know who these people are okay they collectively killed the parents and that dawn had gone on to kill her siblings to get rid of witnesses but what about the friends that were witnesses and helped the crime exactly okay what are you gonna do with them like they're not gonna talk what which made ronald jr mad so he threw dawn into the bed and killed her as well sir what is that the fifth story change in one day i think it's five yeah (laughs) oh it just it doesn't make any sense so investigators finally break Ronald Jr. down and he confesses to killing his entire family he went on to say quote once I started I just couldn't stop it went so fast end quote psycho <laughs> this would be a, this would be a great that. time for BetterHelp to sponsor us <laughs> BetterHelp <laughs> make therapy easy <laughs> Oh my god. So, <coughs> Ronald Jr.'s trial started October 14th, 1975, which is almost a year after the murders took place. His defense attorney, William Weber, tried to plead insanity and that Ronald Jr. had heard voices from within the house telling him to kill his family. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Even though ghosts aren't real. You don't know that. They're, you don't know that. Not fucking real. <laughs> we <laughs> don't, don't know that. Uh, so the defense psychiatrist supported this claim, but the prosecution psychiatrist said that Ronald suffered from antisocial personality disorder, meaning that he was not insane. He's just so. a dick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you got yeah. it. He's not insane or crazy. He's just he's an just, asshole. He's just a fucking asshole. Yeah, a spoiled <laughs> asshole. So the jury agreed with the prosecution, and on November 21st, 1975, Ronald Jr. was found guilty of six counts of second-degree murder and was sentenced to six consecutive life sentences. Oh, it only lasted a week? That's impressive. Bye, Ron. Bye, Ronnie. Yeah, it was was only a week. Oh, what do we say to Ron? Bye, Ron. Yes, we do say that. You can fuck all the way (laughs) All the way up <laughs> front, <off run. laughs> oh. and Ronald Jr. was sent to serve his time at the Greenhaven Correctional Facility in beekman New York, never to be released. And he died like two and a half years ago on March twelfth, twenty twenty-one, at the age of sixty-nine. Huh? Sixty-nine. It's the devil's number. <laughs> twenty twenty-one. Two years ago. No, we could have visited him. Two and a half him. years ago. Yeah, I know. It's crazy. Now, the story on its own is pretty cut and dry. No twists and turns. A spoiled manchild murdered his entire family for literally no reason. Other than that he hated them. Okay. But it's the aftermath from these horrible murders that took the world by storm. Dun, dun, dun. So here we go. <laughs> I was like, that was a really fast story. <laughs> it was a fast story. um, But this next part is going to be bonkers. Boop. Okay, so in 1977, an author named Jay Anson wrote the book, The Amityville Horror, which is based on the paranormal experiences of the family that moved into the DeFeo home in December of 1975. Someone moved into that house even after six people were murdered in it? They did. They're stupid. They moved in about 13 months after the murders. That it was a great deal, though. That's something I would do. It was a great deal. Yeah. And we'll get to that. Okay. (laughs) So, for research for this part (laughs) of the story. Specific research. (laughs) I watched the 2005 remake brought to us by director Michael Bay starring Ryan Reynolds and Melissa George (laughs) called The Amityville Horror. As well as My Amityville Horror, which is told from the perspective of Daniel Lutz, who was the son of the people who bought the home. Oh, that's terrifying. Yeah. So here we go. Daniel was either nine, maybe 12 at the time. Could not get a specific age. Okay, but adolescent. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, And we're going to go through the true and not so true story of the Lutz family. Also, Daniel's fucked up. He is fucked up. I think this documentary was from like 2003 maybe. Mhm. He's not doing so well. Oh, but he agreed to do this documentary. Um, but he seems completely traumatized um, okay. and not handling it super well. So whenever I go through this, I will point out the things that did not happen. Okay. And let you know the things that did. allegedly <laughs> did allegedly. happen. Allegedly. <laughs> Okay, so semi-newlyweds George and Kathy Lutz were the proud new owners of 112 Ocean Avenue. Where I used to sit Where we used to sit <laughs> and talk with you. <laughs> um, and the house was a five-bedroom Dutch colonial home on the south shore of Long Island. The property also had a swimming pool and a boathouse and was located on a canal fancy. I know. And the home was built in 1924 and the nickname of the home was High Hopes. That's a um, That's ironic. It's a, uh, it, <laughs> a Panic <laughs> at the Disco song. Yeah, it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, in like every text you read or see about this house, it makes it seem like it's in the middle of nowhere. No. It's no. literally in a neighborhood. You oh, could, it's like a normal uh, suburban yes. neighborhood. Yeah, you can see their neighbor's home. It's like 20, 30 feet away. Oh, that's not bad. Yeah, but every like picture you see, it seems like it's in the middle of nowhere and like it's this spooky. Yeah. I mean, it is spooky, Mm -hmm. but it's not in the middle of nowhere. So the Lutz family got the 5,000 square foot home for a steal at $80,000, which is about $465,000 today, which is not super cheap, but it has a boathouse. It has a pool. It's on a canal. It's a steal. Yeah. And Lutz has moved in with their three children, Daniel, who was maybe 9 or 12, Mm -hmm. Christopher, who was 7, and Melissa, who went by Missy, and she was 5. So he's the oldest. Yes, Daniel's the oldest. And the children are actually Kathy's children from a prior marriage. So they're not George's kids. Okay. They're Kathy's kids. And the movie, the 2005 movie, um, is set as if husband number one had died. But he was actually still alive. Him and Kathy had just gotten divorced whenever Daniel was about seven. Okay. And his name was Sebastian. Seabass. <laughs> Goddamn Sebastian. Oh, that's a terrible name. I had name. a cat named Sebastian. You did? Yeah, I named him after the that crab or flounder or whatever. On the it's... Little mermaid. The mermaid. Oh, that's fun. I like that. It's a great pet name. Mm-hmm. Not a good human name. No. <laughs> oh. So the Lutzes were an owner of a successful construction business. George oh, That's code for the mafia, right? Is I'm, just it? I'm just kidding. Yes, oh. Just kidding. Oh mafia, but I was just kidding. <laughs> I was like, I don't think it is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah, you either own a construction business or an Italian restaurant if yeah. you work in the mafia. Or a pâtissier. Oh patissier. A patissier. <laughs> Ah, to sell your fancy french desserts so george was well-to-do he had boats and expensive cars he was an ex-marine he owned his own home he had his life together and george could not per kathy's father marry kathy without adopting their three children so he did wow yeah um <laughs> And just to preface this, George and Kathy were not known to be storytellers or scam artists by their friends or their family. They were just good honest people. Good honest ghost hunters. But it's gonna it's gonna really look like they are scam artists. Perfect. <laughs> and storytellers. We love a scammer. Yeah. And the Lutzes only stayed in their home for 28 days days. That's not even like a full menstrual cycle. No, they didn't even make it a full <laughs> Oh, they did not last long. Oh. okay, so here's here's what happened. Before purchasing the home, the real estate agent had warned the Lutzes of the home's dark past, but they were not too worried about it. And they bought the home anyway. Oh, I forgot to mention they also have a Labrador Malamute mix puppy named Harry. That's cute. I know little Harry. Harry Tarrell. <laughs> Harry uh, so on december 18th 1975 the new family moved in and they self-moved so they packed everything they had up and they drove to their new home is that how that works yeah oh. and uh, <laughs> i was kidding <laughs> you were being sassy to me i don't appreciate that <laughs> um also for the low low price of 400 dollars all of the DeFeo family furniture was sold with the home. Oh fuck that. No, I don't want any haunted ass couches in my house. <laughs> they they got all their furniture. They were no. murdered there. No. And they got all Is their there stains on them. I guarantee it. <laughs> oh my god. Hopefully they changed out the mattresses at least. I don't know. Ugh. But yeah, 400 bucks. They got the house with the furniture. For a steal. Yeah, literally. I will sell you this bed that a nine-year-old child <laughs> was killed oh, in. Oh, no. For $400. Uh, oh, my God. It's crazy. So, a friend of George's knew the home's past and suggested that George get the house blessed. Yeah. Yeah. Let's do that. Mm-hmm. We'll fix everything. Yeah, neither George nor Kathy were super religious, but they took their buddy's advice and they had the home exercised by Father Ray. Your dad? <laughs> I don't know if it's Ray or Ralph. There was a few different sources. Mm. <laughs> but we're gonna go with Father Ray. Father Ray. <laughs> um and Father Ray, he had many titles. He was a jack of all trades. He was a lawyer a judge of the Catholic court, and a psychotherapist. Oh, so he's the scammer. And a priest. And a priest. <laughs> That's quite the resume, Father Ray. Uh, so he showed up to bless the house on the same day that the Lutz family moved in. In the movie, it was several weeks after they had already moved in, Yeah. but he did show up the day that they had moved in. Allegedly. Mm. That's the Alleged true account yes so father ray started his ritual that afternoon and when he flicked the first drops of holy water onto the home he heard a deep and ominous voice demand that he get out yeah (laughs) and that he felt someone slap him in the face (laughs) but there was nobody there (laughs) and that it was extremely cold in the room that he was in i think he just had the flu (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> he was having body aches. Uh, but Father Ray kept this info to himself until six days later on Christmas Eve, whenever he called the Lutz home and was going to advise that they should stay out of the second floor bedroom where he heard this mysterious voice. And this bedroom was the room of Mark and John Matthew, the two youngest DeFeo boys. Oh. Kathy had planned on making this room her sewing room, but before Father Ray could finish explaining that, like, they should not be in there, the phone line went staticky and the Lutzes did not get the message. (laughs) This is some bullshit. Don't look at me like that. Uh, Oh my god. Okay, so this part is true. Mm-hmm. So in the sewing room, the whole family was up there, and Daniel was doing something, and he had his hands in like the window frame, looking out the window, uh-huh. and the window slammed down and completely smashed his hands. Yeah, his brothers did that <laughs> to the point where his hands were flat. They were flat, like completely flat. <laughs> they were completely oh, I'm sure. Flat. <laughs> oh. And then Kathy and George got him outside, ready to take him to the hospital. And then his hands were suddenly fine. Yeah. They were fine. Because nothing happened. They were flattened and then they They were were fine. (laughs) Yeah, they were fine. Yeah. Uh, Oh, and shortly after Father Ray's visit, he became very ill and developed blisters on his hands. That's what happens when I walk into church. (laughs) You cursed. I cursed. (laughs) Pray the gay way. So shortly after moving in, the Lutzes experienced Hordes of flies, like thousands of flies. This part is, like the allegedly true. true. Yeah, like the bats. (laughs) (laughs) Kathy is quoted as saying, "It didn't matter how many times we killed them; they just reappear." But the flies were only in two of the rooms, not the rest of the house. That's weird. (laughs) That means there's a dead body in two of the rooms, but not (laughs) the other house. They're in the walls. They're in the walls. Uh so in the movie, Missy, the little girl, has this teddy bear with one eye that quote came with the house. Oh I'm sh- what? <laughs> it came with the four hundred dollar furniture. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then Father Ray tells Kathy that the youngest DeFeo daughter was buried with the bear. Oh. <laughs> uh which is not true. No that one's uh that one's fake news so the lutz family did not initially experience anything unusual but they did say that they always had this eerie feeling that they were each living in a different house within the home this reminds me that um i read the book fuck this house it's like a short little horror novel oh but basically the house comes alive and like kills the whole family love that yeah To read that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also, that also reminds me of um, what's the scary series on Netflix? Came out a couple years ago. They got The Red Room. And every time someone else goes into The Red Room, it, it becomes a different room. But they're all. What is that called? Yes! The Haunting at Hill House. Okay. <laughs> I need to Thanks, rewatch Kayla. that. <laughs> Thanks mm-hmm. for that layup. Appreciate it. <laughs> Anywho. So, a few days into living here, after the home is blessed, some strange things started happening. There would be bursts of cold air through the vents. It's called air conditioning. Despite the furnace being on. It's called air conditioning. (laughs) Always with the cold air. And it's a, like, it was built in, it's an old house. It was built in the 20s. Like, there's got to be some drafts in there. Yeah. And the youngest child, Missy, started making friends with the girl who lived in the closet (laughs) named jody that would be you if you were in this movie you would be missy um you'd be making friends with some creepy ghost girl in the closet you know as a child okay god damn it so the home that i lived in Mm -hmm. the closet in my room was above the stairs so the closet had like the floor was like this Mm -hmm. so it had like a ramp yeah and i would always (laughs) i would sit in my closet (laughs) And I would pretend that there was like a witch, oh my God. <laughs> a witch that lived like on the top of my closet uh-huh. and I would like throw things up there and I would climb up the ramp and like try to escape from the... And now we're here. And here we are. And here we are. <laughs> I would also push my twin size bed into the middle of my room and pretend it was a raft and I was homeless <laughs> <laughs> trying to escape. <laughs> and I would pull everything in my room onto my bed. Uh, it was a good time. Yeah. I was fine. It's the imagination station was scarlet. <laughs> I was fine as a child. I'm sure. Um okay. So this girl's name was Jody and oh, but in later accounts, so this one is partly true. Mm-hmm. So Missy did have an imaginary friend named Jody, but she was not a demonic little girl, she was an imaginary pig. <laughs> so normal things. <laughs> She was an imaginary pig. Yeah, I also had imaginary cat friends. I'm sure you did. <laughs> Her name was Sally. Sally. She, she was a calico. Oh my god. <laughs> she had a boyfriend named Butcher. Butcher. <laughs> <laughs> um, and they had four kittens together. Oh my god. <laughs> named Shirt Pants Cup and Milk. Oh. I'm <laughs> okay, I had to finish that thought shirt, process. Shirt Pants Cup and Milk. Okay. <laughs> Before we moved on. Um. Okay. So, there are also some strange incidences with the boathouse. The children seem to be drawn to it for some reason, and there just always seemed to be something wrong in the boathouse. And Harry, the dog, could sense it as well. You know what? I believe the dog. Yeah, well, we're going to get to the dog. Mm. Oh, what the f? <laughs> Does the <his> dog die? <laughs> Hold on, we'll get there. (gasps) If the dog dies, I'm walking out of here right now. (laughs) Hold on, we're going to get there. Uh, Okay, so the windows in the home would be open, despite them definitely being closed, and George had actually nailed the windows shut. They would still be open in, like, the middle of the night. That's not creepy. Yeah. I can't remember if that was in the movie or the documentary. Mm. I don't know if that one's true or not. It's fake science anyways. Uh, Well, George was slowly becoming more and more angry towards his new family. He would snap at Kathy and accuse the children of doing things that they were not doing. Well, he was a Marine, so maybe he was just suffering from PTSD from the war. We're going to get to George. At one point, Kathy and George go out on a date and they hire a baby. Okay, so this happened in the movie. Okay. (laughs) This is not true. Okay, <laughs> this was Hollywood. So they go out on a date. And they hire this babysitter for the kids, and she's like this super hot eighteen year old. And she states that she doesn't need showing around the house because she used to babysit for the DeFeo children. I saw this on the Orange YouTube, <laughs> oh, and how it's so weird to be back in the house. And she's wearing this ridiculous crop top. It's essentially a bra, like directly under the boobs. Yep, I saw this on the Orange YouTube. <laughs> And the babysitter tells the boys about the DeFeo family murders, and at one point gets locked in the closet, and then she's visited by that little girl named Jody. and then the girl takes the babysitter's finger and then sticks her finger into this bullet wound that's that's in her forehead. Like, it is super creepy. That's weird. But it's Hollywood. None of this happened. There was no babysitter. Anyway, this interaction prompts the children to totally not want to be in the house anymore. Really? In the movie. I can't believe that freaked them <laughs> out. mm okay now this is i believe more on the truth side so george was really struggling with the house and some other issues that we're going to talk about in a little bit and he decides to go visit a doctor and he was thinking maybe he was just like maybe he had a concussion like he didn't know what was wrong some sort of brain disease he's jumping jumping to lots of conclusions here And he was referred to a psychologist, and he also said that he was seeing blood coming from the walls and the faucets. That part did not happen, but he was struggling with mental health and did go to a doctor. Okay. At one point in the 2005 movie, Missy, the little girl, was on the roof of the house, and this is like a gabled house, so she's like 40 feet in the air, or gabled roof, excuse me. Normal. Yeah, just walking along the topmost part of the roof, and then she jumped... Saying that she needed to be with this little girl, Jody, from the closet. But Kathy catches her and she falls onto the next floor, landing into George's arms. Which was terrifying. But movie also didn't happen. Mm-hmm. Which is so funny because like if you were to just watch the movie, you would think, like, well, this is what it's based on. But like it's literally not based on anything. No. The it's whole not. thing is made up. It's just yeah. Cause like there were some creepy things to happen, but none of this happened. No. Okay, so George starts losing his sleep and begins seeing things. It's just not a good situation, and the house is to blame. At one point, oh, okay, this is about the dog. Does the dog die? No. Well, in the movie, yes. In real life, no. I'm not watching this movie. The dog did not die in real life. Harry was fine. Harry Terrell was fine. (laughs) But in the movie, Ryan Reynolds, who is George. Ryan Reynolds kills is, the dog? He does. I fucking hate him. <laughs> he does. He is like thinking that there's this demon thing in the boathouse and he keeps seeing it as if it's a demon, but then it turns out that it's the dog and he acts as the dog. But that's in the movie. That did not actually happen. There were some things with the dog. Um, I'm not going to get into it because I just don't feel like it, but... There were some things with the dog, but the dog did not die. Okay, the dog was fine. Now this is where the movie like totally goes off the deep end, and there's this whole like this is the 2005 movie, not the documentary, and there's this whole like catch 'em kill 'em thing happening throughout, and it's allegedly linked to this ancient Indian burial ground of sorts. Also not true. Well, I mean, the whole country is built on ancient Indian burial ground. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's that's true. <laughs> Um, and then Kathy goes to the public library, and she finds all these documents on the home. Not and the, the library. Yeah. It was the 70s. She had to go to the library. Uh, and then there was this guy named Jeremiah Ketchum, and he started- Ketchum. Yes. Huh. Exactly. Uh-uh. I don't know. He had allegedly started a safe haven on the grounds where this house was eventually built, and then he ended up killing all the Native Americans anyway. And then that's the- Wait, is his name Ketchum or Christopher Columbus? It is, <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, is Ketchum, but I am picking up what you're putting down there. Thank you. Uh, so anyway, this is not true. And actually, I did read, I didn't put it in here, but like actual Native Americans were like, no, no, <laughs> <laughs> this didn't happen. Uh, um, but this was another theory in the whole Ronald Jr. killing his entire family thing. Okay. Okay. Uh, no, yeah. and also once again, this house is in a neighborhood. How are they of the neighbors here? So, us? like, well, yeah. How are they not hearing it? But also, how are they not being affected by it? Yeah. If it's an ancient Indian burial ground, it's not just the size of my backyard. <laughs> it's not just the size of the outline of your house. house. <laughs> That's that would be so specific. Uh, but anyways, and then while all this is happening, George Ryan Reynolds is finding all of these underground torture chambers and cells. This also did not happen. And on day 28 in the movie, George, Ryan Reynolds, tries to murder his entire family. Kathy, by boat. Okay. By holding her down underwater behind the motor of the boat. That's, um. And, like, hoping her hair would get caught in it. That's And, disgusting. like, drowning. <laughs> it's terrifying. That wasn't a thing. And then the movie ends with Kathy and children climbing onto uh, the roof to escape from George, who is trying to kill them. And then George falls off the roof and he grabs an axe and he's trying to murder his entire family. Kathy subdues George and drags him into the boat. And then they all escape because he was fine once they left the house. Oh, I'm sure. <laughs> he was totally fine. The whole family did leave all at once, but it was not by boat. They left in their van. Oh, in the the minivan. Yes. And George did not try to kill his entire family. Okay. So that was the 2005 movie. I think I'm done with that now. Mm. It was actually, it actually wasn't that bad of a movie. Mm. It was kind of dumb, but like, meh, what do you do? Okay, now we're our alleged Now, some things that did possibly happen. According to Daniel, there were the cold spots in the home. At one point, the garage door was going up and down on its own. They were seeing things in the windows that weren't really there. There were rocking chairs rocking on their own. And allegedly, Daniel was thrown up the stairs into a wall at one point. And the hearing of disembodied voices. No, that's just child abuse. Well. Oh. Oh. So, by January 14th of the following year, after another failed attempt to bless the home, the Lutz family made the hard decision to sell their dream home, they gathered some belongings, and they moved to Kathy's mother's home nearby in Deer Park. And the reason for leaving so suddenly that night is because all of the beds in the home were levitating. Now, this one is allegedly true. Yeah. And that's the reason why they mm. left the home. Because the beds were levitating. Yeah. Yeah. But alas, the paranormal activity followed the family to the new home as well. And at one point, they described that a greenish-black slime was coming up the staircase towards them. No. <laughs> uh, also true. Shortly after this move, the Lesses fled the state, never returning to gather their belongings from the home. So, was this really a house of horrors, Or was it just a hoax? It might have been a house of whores. <laughs> but i think it's just a hoax because no one who has lived in the home since has reported any sort of poltergeist or haunting activities (laughs) yeah they're full of shit (laughs) now i will say from what i've gathered george not that great of a guy ryan reynolds yeah i don't think he was a really great husband or a great father and i do believe no i'm not a doctor in case y'all were. didn't know. I thought you were. I'm not a doctor. Full time. <laughs> uh, but I have the feeling that the history of the house was being used as an excuse for poor behavior on George's part. Well, little PTSD, maybe? <laughs> yeah. Um, and the trauma from living with George has been Daniel's excuse Well, he's trying to make an excuse for how he turned out and is blaming it on the house. I could totally be wrong, but those are my thoughts. Well, did we call Ghostbusters? (sighs) Shit, we should have. Goddamn. But no, I think George was just a piece of shit and Daniel didn't know how to deal with that because he was like nine Mm -hmm. and then... Didn't grow up. He didn't grow up and the history of the house Mm -hmm. and he was like, well, (sighs) yeah. Love that so demonologists and parapsychologists later entered the home and tried to confirm the lutz's claims but no evil spirits were ever verified and they'd know oh they'd absolutely know because (laughs) they don't exist now you don't know that now (laughs) ed and lorraine warren get involved in all of this in march of 1976 what the fuck is that you don't know the Warrens? No. They're like, they're the Conjuring. They're the Annabelle. Oh. They're like world-renowned ghost hunters. Oh. Um, they have notoriously been debunked. <laughs> really? <laughs> uh, in the past few years ha- uh, now as like demonologists and whatever. But they were a really big deal in like the 70s and 80s. Okay. And they were like the top ghost enthusiasts. Basically. So Lorraine said that she'd never felt such a demonic force from one area as she did in the sewing room, which was the boys' room, than she had felt that night. And she said that she felt like she was in hell. I feel like that every day, (laughs) Lorraine. (laughs) Uh, Oh, this is creepy. So they also caught a photo at the bottom of the staircase in the home, whenever they went to go investigate. And the photo shows a little demonic-looking boy with glowing eyes, kind of just, like, peeking around the staircase. Mm -hmm. We'll put that on the Insta, but this photo was released right before the first Amityville horror movie came out in 1977. So just a plot to get people to to fucking movie. (laughs) I think that might have been, like, a, a, a stunt of sorts. Ed and Lorraine spoke to the three children, and the children expressed their fear of the home and of george maybe mostly george and how oh the kids were convinced that george could control people's minds as well as objects Uh uh-huh yes i'm talking they were convinced that he could do mind control and he could point at something and yeah it's just called ptsd Yeah. So yeah, they thought he was bewitched. And it's funny because like a week before I wrote these notes, I had a dream that I was bewitched and I could like oh point, it, point in a lamp and it would turn on. <laughs> is, this, is this the dream you have to tell me about when you're in the basement? Oh, no. We'll make that our fun facts, I guess. <laughs> okay, don't let me forget. Oh, so later we learn that George and Kathy were way over their heads financially with the house and they couldn't really afford it. Oh, so they, call, they called Demon and said, uh, oh, we can't live here anymore. Yeah. It's haunted. So that might have been a factor into leaving the home and claiming that it's haunted. But also they were only in the house for 28 days. So like they hadn't even really made their first payment, I wouldn't think. No. But maybe they still couldn't afford it. Yeah, they knew they couldn't. And they're like, you know what? We'll just sue everybody and their mother. They did. (laughs) They sued the shit out of everybody. Uh, So like all these movies and books and everything was written. They sued everybody because they said that they were not allowed to use their names or their likenesses without their permission. But then later they also said that the book was mostly true. the fuck? So like, I don't know. (laughs) <laughs> in December of 1977, the Cromerdy's bought the home for $55,000, which is about $270 in today's money, what which is even more of a steal. That's like $200,000 less than they bought it for. Mm-hmm. James Cromerty stated that, quote, Nothing weird ever happened except for people coming by because of the book and the movie, end quote. That's right. <laughs> Yeah. So speaking of movies, there have been 26 films with Amityville in the title. It's a lot of movie. Yeah. Many of which have nothing to do with the Lutzes or the DeFeos. They just use the name Amityville. Okay. To include the OG Amityville Horror in 1979, Amityville 3D, which was released in 1983. It 3D <laughs> in 1983. That's what I said. <laughs> I was like, what? Um, apparently it was terrible. Okay. (laughs) I read the reviews. It was not good. (laughs) They had like nineteen percent on Rotten Tomatoes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and then there was Amityville Dollhouse in nineteen ninety-six and this one was funny. It was listed in a book that was published in two thousand ten titled One Hundred and Fifty Movies You Should Watch Before You Die. And the author wrote, quote, Don't bother asking why someone built a dollhouse replica of a place on Long Island. And don't ask how it ended up in a shack in the desert, or how it became filled with evil. The writer and director barely gave any thought to this subject. That's great. End <laughs> <In> quote. <laughs> uh, and then there was the Amityville Playhouse in 2015, which was a, quote, slog with terrible actors. That's great. And then the most recent, Amityville Vampire, which was released in 2021. Is that like Twilight? I have no idea. No, I'm i kidding. I couldn't bring myself to look up another... <laughs> Another Another movie. (laughs) So the address of the home has been changed several times to deter ghost hunters and peeping toms. But like the house would be obvious if you just went to Ocean Avenue. You could find, (laughs) you could find the house. (laughs) In May of 2010, the house was placed on the market with an asking price of $1.15 million. And in August of 2010, the house was sold to a local resident for $950,000. God damn. On August 21st of 2010, the people that were leaving held a moving sale at the house and hundreds of people turned up for the event. They were allowed to go inside of the house, but no one to go upstairs or into the basement. Ooh. I know. And people still live there to this day. That's creepy. Yeah. So I thought this was fun. Due to the large volume of searches on Google Maps for the Amityville house, a lot of the homeowners staying on Ocean Avenue lodged a formal complaint to Google for the invasion of privacy. And as a result, the original Amityville house, as well as properties along Ocean Avenue, were blurred out to protect the privacy of homeowners living in the area. Isn't that interesting? It's so dumb. Like, I wonder how many other places are, like, blurred out on Google Maps. an aerial view of the house can still be viewed the amityville house was also removed as a local attraction on google maps (laughs) because it was at one point to prevent users from identifying the exact location of the property and i did look it up and the houses are Are blurred blurred out (laughs) which was really annoying oh that's super annoying Um, anyway, the Lutzes divorced in the late 1980s. Shocking. And Kathy passed away from emphysema in August of 2004. Oh, what a way to go. And George passed away in May of 2006 of heart disease. That sucks. And that's that on that. Oh, (laughs) tell me your dream. (laughs) Of the basement we don't have here. (laughs) So I... It was so vivid. Um, I don't think I've talked about this, but I have extremely vivid dreams to the point where I wake up and I'm like, this is happening. This has happened. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So uh, I had a dream a couple nights ago, or like a week ago, that I got up out of bed and I went downstairs and I opened the closet door under the stairs Mm -hmm. and there were stairs. And I was like, when the fuck did we get a goddamn basement? Yeah. (laughs) We don't have and those so, down here. No! And so I went down the stairs, and Dustin was down there, and I was like, honey, what are you doing? And he's like... <laughs> and he was like, he was just standing down there, and I started to look around, and there's all of... He had a refrigerator collection. What the fuck? He had all of these fridges from, like, the 60s and the 70s. They were, like, the pastel colors. Oh, my God. And the then he had ones. some wooden ones, and, like, he had a Collection in the basement. <laughs> it was so real. And then I was like, "Why didn't you tell me about this?" He's like, "This is my space." And I was like, "I could do, I could do lots of things with this space. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I can see like a dance floor over here and like a TV room over here. <laughs> it was a whole thing. Not fridges. Oh my god, it was so funny. But anyway, before you go, follow us on Instagram at hashtag MurderPod. Spell it all out. And we also have a Patreon. Patreon. We have no new patrons, but that's okay. That's okay. Go check us out. Once again, there's not a whole lot on there, but we're working on it. Mm -hmm. And if you like this, give us five stars. I don't see why not. And if you don't like us, don't read us, (laughs) bitch. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Oh my god. Okay, I'm really sweaty. Yeah Um, I'm hot and I'm it's nine o'clock. It's late. Oh my god. It is five minutes past Dustin's best oh best time. Best time his best time. His best time. His His bedtime. Oh my god. Oh well thanks for hanging out. Love you. Bye. Bye. Ghosts aren't real. You don't know that? thank you for listening to hashtag murder episodes are written and edited by Alex Lewis and Scarlett Hipton our intro and outro music is written and played by Derek Branton our cover art is by the lovely Lauren Walker and our name was created by the most wonderful supportive and super hot boyfriend Dustin Branton we hope you've enjoyed your time with us if you have any questions comments concerns or ideas you can reach us at hashtag murderpod at gmail.com that's h-a-s-h-t-a-g murderpod at gmail.com and don't forget to tell all of your friends about us. Thanks. Bye. Excuse me. But no. Oh, and shortly after Father's. 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 (laughs) Father's Day visit. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, shit. It didn't matter how many we killed. Whoa, hold on. It didn't matter how many we killed them. How many we killed, they'd reappear. Okay. Or how many times we killed them. Yes. But, alas, the paranormal. The paranormal. <laughs> uh, Why is Dustin so loud? Dustin, you're loud. Um, and he died like two and a half years ago. <laughs> oh, shit, hold on. I thought I was going to say two and a half years later. Mm-hmm. Hold on, one moment. I hope that goes back to where I was because I have my. So yeah, caliber, caliber, caliber. (laughs) (laughs) Around noon. (laughs) Super. Okay, (laughs) I was waiting for that. (laughs) Oh, we gotta turn the fan off. Oh no. I'm sure it's fine. Um. I thought my phone was sitting right there. It wasn't. I don't like it. Who was a the sun? Oh, (laughs) Oh shit. Um, okay. Amity Vell. Scarlet, you're gonna have to edit us making out. <laughs> <laughs> not no, no, I made bad. <laughs> no, it's in the chair. I was respectful. We're respectful. Ish. <laughs>